Thank you, Brother Terry. Thank our praise team. Thank all of you for taking part in worship. We have a, that's a request that should be from all of us. Lord, prepare us to be a sanctuary, tried and true. If you brought your Bibles, turn to John chapter 1. I want us to look at verses 1 through 14. I'm going to share a sermon with you this morning entitled, Preparing for Christmas. Preparing for Christmas. John 1, 1 through 14. John 1, verses 1 through 14. Be reading from the New, from the New King James Version. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity to have worshipped in hymns and praise songs. And now as we come to this time to where we open your word, speak to our hearts. Help us, Father, we pray to understand. Allow your Holy Spirit to teach us. And may we not be just hearers, but also doers of your word. And help us to take what we've learned today and apply it to our life. Help us to share it with others who have no hope. That may be through our testimony and our willingness to share the good news of Jesus Christ. That they too may come to trust you as Lord and Savior of their life. And to believe in you. Thank you for what you're going to do in our time together today, and we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, a couple of months ago, I heard someone say this. Well, it's time. It's that time of the year again. It's time to prepare for Christmas. I can remember in mid-October going to Walmart and Muscle Shows, and on one side of their seasonable aisle, was fall and Halloween, the decorations for fall and Halloween, and then the other side of the, of the counter was Christmas decorations. 
as, you know, as early as October. We think that's early. And before it's all over with, uh, one's over with, we're, pray we're preparing for another. It seems like everything just goes so fast in our world. It wasn't long that we were talking about trunk or treat or to have a trunk or treat, not to have a trunk or treat, and planning a Thanksgiving benevolent meal, and all of a sudden Christmas is on us. We all know what it's like to go to the attic, perhaps. When I was growing up, we kept our Christmas decorations stored in the attic. It was my job. The attic opening was in a closet there in the den. It was my job to go in that coat closet, climb up a ladder Daddy had nailed to a wall, makeshift ladder, and I would hand all the Christmas decorations down to him. I was the one that could, the only one that could fit in that through that hole. Now I can't go in that attic now, but I could back then. But we know what it's like to go get those Christmas decorations from an attic or a storage building or a garage and start bringing those boxes of decorations to prepare to get ready for Christmas. And then after a few hours or a day or two, our house, our lawns. Our neighborhood suddenly is transformed in just to a, into a twinkling, flashing winter wonderland. You see it everywhere during Christmas time. You know Christmas was only 26 days away. You ready for Christmas? Have you prepared for Christmas? Are you prepared for Christmas? You might say, well, Brother Sammy, I've gotten tree up, or I've got the house decorated. I like just a few things maybe on the outside. Got most of my bacon, it's finished, and I just like just a few more little things. Well, the point is, most of us will be prepared for Christmas, traditionally speaking, with trees and wreaths and outside decorations and food. But the big question is, are you prepared spiritually for Christmas? Are you prepared spiritually for Christmas? So the question becomes, how do I prepare spiritually for Christmas? Now, our outline, you might want to jot this down, to prepare spiritually, to be spiritually prepared for Christmas. First of all, to be truly spiritually prepared for Christmas, there must be a clean heart. You must have a clean heart. Now, before we decorate the house for Christmas, Judy and I, we clean the house from top to bottom. I mean, we vacuum, I vacuum, we get, make sure the cobwebs are down in the corner. Everything's dusted, everything's swept, everything's mopped and waxed, and all the clutter's picked up. Put in one pile if you have grandchildren, you know what that's like. And you get all that picked up, you get all that ready, and everything is clean before the decorations go up. And so the point is, you'll never be spiritually prepared for Christmas until... There's a cleansing of your heart that takes place. You must have a clean heart. Did you know that without a clean heart that you'll never see God? That's what the Bible says. Listen to Genesis chapter 5, or chapter 6, verse 5. He says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great. The wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. You can't have 
a spiritual Christmas with an evil heart. So the first thing in order to have a spiritual, be spiritually prepared for Christmas is to have a cleansed heart. Listen to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. Listen to what it says. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You know you had a wicked heart? Just desperately wicked, the Bible says. Turn to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, verses 20 through 23. Listen to God's word. And he said, What comes out of a man that defiles a man? For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts and adulteries and fornications and murders and thefts and covetousness and wickedness and deceit, lewdness and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within and they defile a man. All those things come from an evil heart. So you and I are born with an unclean, wicked, evil heart. And Mark chapter 5 verse 8 simply says this, Blessed, is, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You hear that? He says blessed. The word blessed means happy. He says blessed, happy. The pure in heart are happy. Those who are pure in heart are happy. Why are they happy? Because they're going to see God. Who's going to see God? The pure in heart. The clean-hearted people shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I have to admit, to you and I have to confess it to God that sometimes my heart's not clean. That's what we need to do this morning, examine our heart. Sometimes my heart's not clean. Sometimes, you know, I have anger in my heart at times. Resentment maybe. Frustration. Moody. You know anybody that's moody? Uh, somebody that's moody has an impure heart. Or jealous. Jealousy is a form, comes from within an unclean heart. And the reality is, as a believer, these sins, those sins I mentioned, hinders my relationship with God. And so I have to be willing to cry out like David cry out, cried out, God, create in me a pure heart and renew a right spirit in me. Right before I came out, for the worship service, I was praying in the study, and I said, Lord, I pray that you would give me a clean heart. Give me a clean heart. Before I go into worship, make sure there's not anything in my heart that not should be. No wickedness, no jealousy, no envy, no strife, no anger. Lord, reveal anything in my heart that would prevent me from worshiping you this morning. Every night when I go to bed, mornings when I get up, I'll say, Lord, please, I pray if I die tonight, Lord, I pray that I'll die with a clean heart, a pure heart. And so to prepare for Christmas, crying out to God for a spiritual cleansing of our heart. But secondly, to prepare for Christmas, you must always arrange your priorities. Arrange your priorities. I don't know about you, but before we get ready for Christmas, we have to kindly rearrange the entire house. We have a small house. 
It's about 1,150 square feet. And uh, Judy claims all that. No, she doesn't really. But we have a real small living room. We have to move furniture around, a couch around, uh, a chair around. Sometimes we, one year we carried it to a house up the street. Well, it was empty. It's my brother-in-law's house. And he gave us permission to put an extra large piece of furniture in there where we'd get a tree up. We have to rearrange things to get ready for Christmas. Have to move things around to get ready for Christmas. Even have to get rid of some things. The point is, spiritually speaking, there is no difference when it comes to being spiritually prepared for Christmas. Matthew 6.33 puts it this way. But seek the first, or seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. But seek first the kingdom of God. Rearrange your priorities. Make sure you're seeking the kingdom of God. You'll never enjoy Christmas until you get your priorities straight. Believe me, I'm telling you. You may be all decorated up. You'll have a miserable time until you get your heart cleansed and your priorities in order. Now, some of you are going to miss the true meaning of Christmas, which is celebrating the incarnate birth of Jesus Christ because your priorities are not right in your life. So pause and get your priorities right. You may need to move around some things, rearrange some things in your life to make room for Jesus. You might need to rearrange a schedule, perhaps, your calendar, so you can just have some time for Jesus and have some time for your family. Uh, you may have to arrange your schedule to have your devotion time or your Bible study or be a part of a D group or part... Uh, have time to prayer, uh, to pray, and have time to worship. A lot of people are not in church because they have to rearrange their schedule, and they refuse to do that. And then wonder why everything's so upside down in their life. So you need to rearrange your schedule. Some of you need to rearrange your finances, perhaps. I found that the key to financial stability was not to have more money or more material possessions but making the right investments with what I have. I don't have stocks, and I don't have bonds, and I don't have all of that. But I'm talking about the right investments. One's mentioned in Malachi 3.10. Malachi 3.10, listen to what God's Word says. It says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will be no room enough to receive it. You might have to rearrange your life, your spiritual life, to the point that you'll begin to obey God in regards to your giving. Let me, let me just share with you the key to financial stability. Part was Malachi 3.10. The other is found in, uh, in Matthew chapter 6. Look over there with me just for a moment. Matthew chapter 6, and this is important for you. Matthew 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So real simple, if you want some financial instruction, won't cost you anything. 
The Lord gives it to us right out of his word. The key to financial stability, number one, test God with your tithe. Number two, invest in heaven and not on earth. It's that simple. You say, Brother Sammy, I'm having trouble financially. Really? You're having trouble financially? I'm going to tell you something. You didn't get there by following God's principles of stewardship. And you won't get out of there. You won't get out of that trouble until you start following God's biblical principles of stewardship. Test God with your tithe and then lay up in heaven and sit them on earth. And you're going to see things work out a lot different in your life financially. So the question is, do you need to rearrange some priorities to prepare for Christmas? Do you need that spiritual cleansing? Do you need to, secondly, rearrange priorities? And third, and I'll close with this, to prepare spiritually for Christmas, there must be a willingness to give and to receive. Uh, you know what Christmas, you know, Christmas really wouldn't be Christmas without the spirit of giving. We love to give. We love to give gifts. And it just wouldn't be Christmas unless you gave. Well, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Here's the point. God's Christmas gift to you, to me, to the world was wrapped up in swaddling clothes and placed in a manger. That was his Christmas gift to the world. Now, he gave his son. There's nothing cheap about his son. There's his son, he gave a gift that wasn't reduced. He gave a, a gift that wasn't marked down in value. He gave a gift that wasn't re-gifted. He gave a gift... And that he gave his very best. And listen to this. And with the gift of his son, God makes another gift available. And that's the gift of eternal life. John 1 verse 12 says this. As many as received him, Jesus. As many as received God's gift to him. God grants the right to become children of God to those who believe on his name. As many as received the gift, as many as received Jesus, as many as received, as many as welcomed, as many as accepted him, they become the children of God. He gives one gift, the best he had, and on that gift, he gives another gift, and that's eternal life. So how do you receive this free gift? Well, you receive it by faith. You believe that? By faith. Ephesians 2.8 simply says, For by grace are you saved. By faith. It's a gift of God. It's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Least any man should boast. And so after Jesus was born, you remember what happened a few months later? Jesus is, is just a little infant then. And, and then the wise men, the magi, they, come from, they came from the east. And they brought these real expensive gifts. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Very expensive gifts. But you know what Jesus really wants? He don't want your money. He doesn't need your money. 
He doesn't want your He owns all the gold and silver in the world. He doesn't need your possessions. We give out of a thankful heart. We give to carry on ministry. That's why we, he doesn't need that. He doesn't need your material possessions. The Bible says cattle on a thousand hills belong to him. He has it all. He has it all. He has what you have. He's just loaned it to you and me for a little while to manage it. But these magi came and they brought gifts. But do you know what Jesus wants more than money and gifts and possessions? He wants you. He wants you. That's what he wants. The greatest gift you could ever give Christ is yourself. That's what he wants. Heard a story years ago. Seemed like great preacher Dwight L. Moody told it. I can't remember. But it was about a little boy, little poor boy in New York City. Years ago, probably in the 20s, 1920s. And he went into the back, went inside of a church during a worship service. He had a little ragged clothes, didn't have no money, didn't have anything, just a little ragged clothes he had on his back. And he goes out midway of the church and he sits down in that building for the worship service. And all of a sudden they received the offering. And they passed the offering plates around. And when it came to him, you know what he did? He didn't have no money. But he took that offering plate and he stepped out into the aisle with that offering plate and he set that offering plate down in the floor and then he stood in it. That's the only thing he had was himself. And that's all that God wants is you. Have you given yourself to him by putting your faith and trust in the greatest gift that's ever given? It's a historical fact that Jesus was born. It's a historical fact that he lived and he ministered. It's a historical fact. He lived 30, about 33 years. It's a historical fact. We know who the governor was. We know where he was born. We know who his earthly parents were. We know all of that. We know that he was crucified on the cross as prophesied. His birth was prophesied. His death was prophesied. His resurrection was prophesied. David said, I'll know one day I'm going to see my Redeemer. His resurrection was prophesied. We know for a fact one day he ascended into heaven. We know that's a fact. And we know that if all the others was true, he's coming again. And what we're going to do this month is just celebrate that God loved us so much. He gave us exactly what we needed. He said to the shepherds through the angel, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. He gave us just what we needed, and it was in Jesus. Have you given yourself to him? You'll never understand Christmas until you know Jesus personally in your life. You may be a cultural Christian. You may come to church. You may lead church. But if Jesus has never changed your life, you don't have Jesus. You're just um, a cultural Christian. And um, you need Jesus. That's our word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to come into your presence today and worship and to hear your word. Help us as we reflect on the message we've heard. 
in regards to having a clean heart. Have a wicked heart. And only you can cleanse our heart as you forgive our sins. I pray, Lord, this morning that uh, we'll examine our heart. I pray this morning, Lord, that there may be some priorities that we need to rearrange in our life where we can put you first. I don't know where you fall along the list. Maybe the top six. I don't know where you fit in there, but you need to be at the top. That's what you tell us. And Father, help us, we pray, to receive the gift of Christ. Those who haven't, Pray that they'll receive him and the gift of eternal life that comes with him. Thank you for what you're going to do in this invitation time as we spiritually prepare for Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen.